Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be what you got here. New leader. I'll watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Come to the line. Door. Clear. Hey, I am uh, here. Welcome. I'm TJ Majors. Special guest. Yeah, oh, funny. <laughs> and uh, back. Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer. Finish second. Mike Snyder. <laughs> finish second. Finish Elliot first. Sadler. Finish first. Stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> so he won. And our lovely co-host. As Hello. Uh, and let me just clarify this. I was able to make a show, and you guys were sick. You weren't sick, were you, Casey? I was sick. Okay, was you were sick. You were sick. Yeah, I had strep throat. I was fine. Jason was. I was good. I was at ready. a convention or whatever you call it, <laughs> conference. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we were testing Kansas, which I couldn't attend. So, and then Del no, Junior came that day. No, no he I was didn't. In Kansas. We oh, left him. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, so last week you had to record a video game thing, right? Yeah, that was later though. The oh. time got changed last week because Dell Jr. decided he was going to go to Key West and move <laughs> our podcast time. And we get the little message on Saturday from Jason, probably at a conference, <laughs> that says, hey, guys, can we move the, And when you move the recording back, when you have something scheduled I in like Charlotte. I like Jason is 20 years old and a college kid, and he tries to send this assertive text to me. <laughs> and I'm this 43-year-old adult <laughs> like we don't with know. a house payment, a car payment, three children. He's like, we're moving the podcast time to 10 a.m. I'm yeah. like. Kiss my ass, Jason. I don't know. What if I don't want to come at 10? I wish That's you right. would have said Stop that. Stop being this assertive guy on this text message. You were pretty stern about it, and I was like, whoa. He uh, was. That's that was oh, I flipped scary. you off when I saw that. I flipped <laughs> yeah. my phone off. Didn't when you he wrote LOL, that, and I was yeah. like, yeah. I did. I, I said, <laughs> off, Jason. I just wrote back, LOL, because I knew what yeah. was going to happen. Oh, that was it, funny. It, like, whenever Dale Jr. decides he's going to change time, how about somebody just say no? I relay the message from him. Well, stop being a dick yes. when you relay the message. We just record it. Please, hey, Brad, guys, we this please? is what we're thinking about probably yes. having to do. Yeah. We record at 9 at least 10. Be, at least be passive-aggressive. I'll send a smiley face emoji in there. Yes, that? yes, much better. <laughs> he can have the studio at 10.01 or up to 8.59. It's booked from 9 until 10. Okay? His name's on I've bill. got nothing to do with that. That don't matter. Yeah, it I matters a lot. I don't care. <laughs> I, I care. We talked about it last week when he came out of the studio. Yeah, we definitely talked about it. Yeah, because I talked to him about yeah. it on the roof. Yeah, that's what I brought it up us. to him. I said, dude, why do you keep screwing yeah. me on this? What, are you going to Key West? Yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, really nice. Okay. Anyway, did we race this weekend? You or, won. 
Yeah, the truck race. I was going to say, <laughs> wait, did you, what? No. Yeah, we won the truck race with Timothy. And Timothy's a good dude. I don't know if yeah. you guys know him at all. He's a he's a very nice, I've known Timothy for a really long time. I raced late models against Timothy. Um, and actually, I spotted a late model race for Timothy at Southampton Speedway. Oh, that's a great place. Yeah, it was, it was like 2003 or something like that. Him yeah. and Phil Warren raced side by side for probably 75 laps. And I think um, I think Timothy finished second to him. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. It was good to win with Timothy and, and uh, see them guys, victory lane and stuff. And uh, it's always fun to win. What did you guys think of that cup race? It was kind of uneventful for the... Yeah, I Good mean, <laughs> Brett just got paid for a complete race <laughs> yeah. when he worked for like four laps. I think SHR has a great opportunity for some wall photos with the top four. Yeah, yeah, team photos every lap for like <laughs> yeah. 184 of them. So I, I don't know what to tell y'all. I, I gave <laughs> it my best. <laughs> I mean, it, we've seen this before. We've seen teams work together. Uh, mm-hmm. We've done it. And sometimes everything kind of worked the teammates worked really well with each other whoever was leading took the outside the, and the, the big thing was the third place guy letting the fourth place guy in normally that guy was in trouble and they um they backed off a lot and let the guy in um had solid pit stops all day to keep them all together really there was only one time where they were kind of separated and it still worked out uh you know i saw it took harvick a little bit they had super fast cars like it, we all saw that they went for more speed. Everyone, you know, I think others kind of we handling and stuff like that. But um, they were fast. You don't need to handle when you're out front, and, and I mean that's just a reality. I mean, you look at Kurt Busch; he was able to pull the pack about four tenths of a lap faster than Kevin Harvick was able to pull the pack because he was a little bit more trimmed out, and and that's a big deal too. And 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 TJ, one thing he's not saying is we kind of had to deal across the manufacturer not only within our team but across the manufacturer that we were we were committed to one another you mm-hmm. know we let Ryan Blaney down on one of those restarts uh, and let him control the race there for a while and and the reality is as fast as our four were and as fast as the other three Penske cars were I'd watch guys like Denny Hamlin get wedged in there and Kyle Busch get wedged in there and Chase Elliott get wedged in there and I'd look at Joey Meyer beside of me who was spotting for Brad and I'd say think they know they're getting ready to get screwed mm-hmm. because the seven of us had agreed to work together as best as we could until it came down to the end. And that yeah. allowed us, the, all seven of us, to keep track position. Had Brad not had an issue with the tire coming apart and had the uh, 12 and the 2 at the end there not been running completely out of fuel, then I think you would have seen probably a 1 through 7 Ford finish. Yeah, we and we got to 5th behind, behind you guys at one point. Um, and once we got to 5th, it was all of our line. You know, and, this and way we, we planned it. Yeah, we once we got to 5th, we were like, okay, we're staying here. This is this is where we're going to run. We're not going to jeopardize anything. We're going to maximize every stage we can here. Yeah, we might race off a of 4, but we're going to still finish 3rd to 5th. We're not going to put anyone else further back. Um, and, and it works out good. We've done that before there, but those cars were just so fast. Um, it was, it was going to be hard for a lot of us to do a lot with it. You know, I think we could have got together and – Made some runs at it, but um, they were fast and and uh, worked out good. You so know. for you being second a lot of the race, yes. were there a lot of conversations over the radio like, okay, when am I going to make that move? Or realizing you're you have a teammate ahead of you, <laughs> you how was that working? Last lap out of turn four yeah. is when all this is going to so, happen. So to TJ's point, we basically surrendered our running position. Um, 
after, you know, so, so we start the race, right? And I start second. I'm on the bottom. The leader pulls down in front of me. I'm running second. We basically, the Fords agreed that wherever we sort out to run, we're going to be comfortable running. In other words, if I had sorted out to seventh on some of those restarts and some of those pit stops, then when we caught the pack, we weren't going to try to pass them. We were going to say, I'm the seventh Ford. I'm going to get, like TJ said, the most points I can get. I'm going to get out of the stage, go to the next one. And, and the hard part about that for me as a competitor is, I just said on the show last week, I'm only for my team once the green flag drops. That was not the plan at all this weekend. So I knew going into this race that I'm racing Blaney and I'm racing Brad to try to make this next round of the playoffs. Well, guess who's on the same plan we're on? Those two guys. But we had an agreement across Ford that no matter what happened, that once we got sorted out, and you still have to race to get it sorted out. But once we all did get in line, wherever we were at in line, we were basically going to hit the button and go, I'm going to be patient and stay right here because TJ well knows if seven really fast cars stay very loyal, nobody is going to drive by you. I mean, we saw the nine try to make some moves and the 18 early try to make some moves, but the reality is seven cars that are that fast are going to prevail. So to your question, I'm really just riding out these stages. You know what I mean? Like I finished second stage one. And the funny thing is I'm down there talking to Tim Fedua. And he's like, you know, Kurt Busch will let you win that stage to help you with points. I'm like, we ain't going to let you win a stage, duh. Next stage, Harvick's, Harvick's leading, and we're second. I'm like, hey, Timmy, remember that whole let me win the stage <laughs> thing? So, obviously, we finished second again. And then coming to those last few laps when the four of us had that huge breakaway on the whole pack, I didn't say anything to Clint other than get your head right. And he knew what I meant, which is, and I backed that up with, get your head right. The race is official at the white flag, and they're racing really hard behind you. So, in my mind – Coming out of four to the white flag is probably when we were going to have to start backing up to get that run because TJ will tell you, even though it's your teammate, you owe it to your sponsors. You owe it to the guys on your team. You owe it to yourself. You got to try to win the race. Yeah, I mean, we were <laughs> we were still trying to win. Um, and it was it was weird. People running out of gas like that on the last, you know, the coming to the green. People were pulling off, coming down pit road, and the whole lane's moving up. And, and that screwed us up. Me and yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. You and, you and we I were, ended up with no help. Yeah, there was gaps there, and that didn't help us at all. But, um, you know, it's it's it was, uh, it was an exciting race. I don't think it was um, – I think the fall race there has been – is getting more characteristic of this because of, um, you know, nobody wants to wreck. You wreck it if you wreck at Talladega this time, and you're in the and you're in racing for points. You're almost it. You're putting a. It's a big it's a nail um, in your coffin. Yeah, it's not very good. So you you trying like to survive it. Look at Bowman. Yeah. I mean Bowman just put it on me. He's yeah, right he's, there trying to trying to make stuff happen. And and what really surprised me there watching that race play out was the nine car who's locked into the next round, and those yeah. guys are running side by side all day. And I, I'm like nine car. Hello, spotter of the It was night. interesting. Like, get behind him. Get, they, get behind your teammate and help him. They said it on the yeah. broadcast, though, that Chase mentioned, like, told, I guess, somebody to tell Alex, like, hey, I'll support you. Like, don't worry about running me. Like, I'll help you out. But that was towards the end of the race. Yeah, but like, I guess yeah, yeah. it, it I saw, didn't work out. I did work see out. him help him, but um, honestly, I saw Chase try to make some moves, and I seen him backing up, getting runs, trying to make moves, and he, he was struggling to do it. Um, it was a, it I don't was a understand tough race. what I was doing. I mean, he's back there. We're single file. We got a breakaway, and he's steady trying to pass the last car. And all it does is helps the, the pack behind you catch back up yeah. and make it a bigger pack. Like, sometimes you got to use common sense. And we some were of pretty these guys good about like it. The lead group could pull that second pack because they would start racing, and we were fortunate enough to be in that lead group most of the time. So we didn't have to get back there and do it. But if you could get 
eight or ten of you to stay in line, you would you would gap that second pack pretty good. And we got six, seven seconds out of them sometimes. And that's pretty good. So that's where the best racing of the day all day was leading up until the final yeah, the final little run there. Was definitely that second, third pack. I mean I saw, saw Ricky, area. I saw Bubba, you know, Kyle. I saw I saw Kyle. I saw a lot of guys being aggressive trying to make moves. And I'm not sure how much T V did or didn't show of that, but you know, as as a I didn't have a lot to do. I mean, once we lined up, I literally didn't even put my binoculars up. I just watched I knew the guy behind me wasn't gonna pull out, he'd be stupid to do it. Then it would help everybody else behind us catch up. So you're watching yeah. That second and third pack was pretty entertaining all day. Once we got to that line, it was all right. We, we had to race quite a bit to get there sometimes. I thought it was, I think it was Dale that made a comment about how Eric asked somebody to oh, tell yeah. his spotter, mm-hmm. like, hey, I really need this extra point because I was too out on, like, to win this stage yeah. or something and asked to, like, win it or to get ahead of them and nobody like budged at that point so i thought i was like i don't know how this is gonna play out <laughs> wonder wonder why i wonder how that goes away. <laughs> yeah, that's why i definitely wanted to ask you that question because i i i mean obviously you guys are supporting each other but when it comes to how close you all are in points and eric being i mean obviously now he's fine but yeah before yeah i mean kevin is in the driver's seat points wise you know the rest yeah. of us needed a good points data to try to advance eric was obviously out Right. Coming into the day. Yeah. You know, Clint's out coming into the day. Kurt's okay, but like TJ said, one crash, one loose wheel, one problem, and you're out. So yeah. um, everybody has to do everything they can to get all the points they can get. And, again, we kind of had that deal of wherever you sort it out, just be patient and ride there. Don't do anything to jeopardize all the Fords because if we're all there together at the end, I saw a stat before the race started. Penske had won six of the last eight plate races so if that's the case i know stenhouse had a win so it tells us that doug yates is building some incredible restrictor plate program motors and that's our last restrictor plate race there at talladega but but it just tells you how fast the forge are and if they work together you're probably not going to beat them i did see a graphic on how they had the car set up did you see that graphic with the spoiler no they showed the left do you see it i think so they showed the Uh left side of the car and basically the car in front of, I think it was the 41, maybe. Mm. Um, they showed there was a guy in front of them, and then the 41. There was literally, like, that much spoiler. On the right rear. On, on the right rear showing. And yeah. on the 41, there was, like, yeah. that much. So, to, to explain that to you fans, when we and go to downforce. you can see it in qualifying, too, if, I, if you sure. watched it. For you sure. When it. we go to downforce tracks, which is like we're going to this weekend, these teams are looking for max skew. And what that means is... When these cars are going around the racetrack, they want the right rear sticking out as much as it possibly can because that's going to give you more side force, more down force, the ability to run faster through the corner. Okay, well, when you go to these other tracks, you're trying to get the rear spoiler out of the air because that rear spoiler creates drag. So when they showed you that graphic, that's called reverse skew. So they actually twist the car the other way to get that spoiler out of the air. So when that spoiler comes over the right side of the car, it doesn't have that drag. That's why. You know, Kurt sat on the pole, and and obviously all four of our cars were fast. But when he would pull our pack, he would pull us four tenths of a lap faster because his team was really aggressive with the reverse skew factor. You know, TJ and even my car, like we thought handling was going to probably come a little more into play. And if you're leading, it doesn't. But if you put that guy back there in twentieth, he may have a different handling car, which our guys never got back there. Yeah, it it, it was handling was big. We are we were in jeopardy of losing the pack. 
uh, the beginning, that first run there. Once we got to fifth, we were in jeopardy of losing you guys because we were so tight off the corner. We I were saw having, you we tight. were having yeah. to lift. Yeah, especially off two. You we were having to lift really big. Then we moved up half a lane, or and uh, we had, what did Eric do to help you when you moved up? Oh, uh, just <laughs> same old thing he did to not help us before. Um, but we moved up a lane. Oh, I know the TJ. On. I'm like, hey, TJ, do we need to move up to help you? Run because we I were could, struggling to hold on to the. We could see their. how tight he was. I could. I mean, I was telling my crew chief, "Hey, this twenty two is in trouble." So, and we want to stay fast, right? right? The more, the more of us there are, like you would think, oh, we want to lose a twenty two. No, we want to keep him because he's going to help us go faster. So I go down there to TJ and I'm like, "Hey, do we need to all move up half a lane to help you get off the corner?" Um, because I'd already asked Clint, would he be open for it? And he said, yeah, it'd probably help me too. So I go ask TJ, and he's like, I've already asked Joel to give me some air on the bottom, and he won't. So I don't know what to do. So then I just gave up because I wasn't leading the pack. I was right. second. But I would have went to Harvick. And then at the end of that run, I actually did go to Harvick and go, hey, to Tim Fiedewa, who spots for Harvick, I said, if you can give us a couple feet, it'd be a big deal. So then it kind of did help us all. Yeah, and when we were asking for a couple feet, we needed a little bit of air on the bottom to keep it on our nose or everyone move up a little bit so the radius is bigger. Um, you know, we needed, a, we needed a few feet of air on the bottom and, you know, they were just not willing to give it at that time, which <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Well, we we're all going to go faster. Yeah. For, that's, uh, my, I mean, that's my thought, probably. That's why I came and asked you. We're all going to go faster. It's faster to stay together and just keep the line moving rather than, than de- you know, dropping back, catching back up, dropping back. Because whenever, whenever a car falls off from behind you, whenever they're close behind you, it keeps the air above the whole group. And whenever you fall back and you have that pocket there, air comes back down behind the car and slows it down. Slows the next guy down. Yeah. So we're slower doing that. Um, But, you know, it it worked out still. But, you know, sometimes you want some people to. thought it was a good race. A lot of different strategies. Yeah. You know, it uh, it creates a lot of excitement going into Kansas. You know, I don't know that Kansas would be this exciting if we weren't coming out of the You basically went from out at the Roval. Mm Mm-hmm. To where are you at? Where are you at now? Um, I am twenty-one to the good. So you're I'm right in front of Truex. I'm seventh, Truex is eighth. eighth, and he is eighteen or nineteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah he's eighteen. There's a graphic on the second page. Nice for convenience. <laughs> nice job, Jason. Whose house is that? That's my dorm. I'm not dorm. That's damn. A, you need to go to a lot of conferences. Hmm. Dorm. That's the um, lobby of the dorm. Oh, tough life. So Brad say, is man. pretty far back. A lot further back than I thought. So in the old points days, yeah, he's in trouble. Oh, yeah, but but man, he goes out there and wins a stage and finishes top five on another stage. He can eat up a lot of points quickly. You know, that's the, that's the key to stage racing, and that's yeah. why you know it, it was so important at Talladega to I, not I be in a deficit. If you Truex or Kurt have any sort of pit road issues and get back a little ways, and yep, it, it can be it can be. Ate up pretty quick, and, and you know Brad's Brad and uh, and Ryan are going to be pretty good. They're both pretty good at being aggressive at mile and a half and stuff. And you know this, you never know. Brad or Ryan can show up here and lead every lap and win every, win the stages and be there at the end. And then you got a guy like Truex back there. Say he gets shuffled out on a restart or something like that, and it could be close. I said it when we picked, and I had Truex going out in this round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And had it not been for fuel mileage issues yesterday with the two and the twelve, the seventy eight would be out. Looking behind me, because here's the thing. If somebody, like looking at this chart, if Keselowski goes and wins the race, or if Larson goes and wins the race, it puts the guy that's eight in points out. They're kicked out. So you've got to to be aggressive, and Larson, he's going to be fast. Truex is going to be fast. So, like, we have to look at this and press, press, press. We can't stop pressing. 
What's yeah. crazy is Ryan just won, what, two races a- ago, and now yeah. he mm-hmm. runs a risk of not even making it yeah. any further. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Let's hit in the spot on, spot off. First one. I'm sure you're okay with this, Brett. SHR teamwork at Talladega. How many spot on? We just talked about it, and, and I don't think I've seen anything that pretty since the DEI days when, you know, you'd watch Steve Park and Dale Jr. and Michael Waltrip, especially Dale Jr. and Michael Waltrip, be committed to helping one another. When you do that, it just helps the recovery when you get messed up. And not that we ever really needed a lot of recovery yesterday, but it uh, it not only was Stuart Haas teamwork, it was Penske as well. It was Ford overall. Yeah, I mean, spot on to the, the teamwork stuff. Um but spot off because we weren't up in the front. <laughs> uh, NASCAR doesn't throw the caution after last lap wreck in turn one. Spot on, spot off, TJ. So I didn't see it. I'm, I, I kept looking back, and I didn't see cars stopped, which apparently I guess there were maybe. The 32 um, okay. was stalled. Um, you know, I, I looked over there, and I saw the wreck, but we're still racing, so I'm looking up in the front, and it was hard for me to look back a lot, so I'm not really sure. Every time I glanced back, I, I was looking for cars stopped, and every time, I mean, one might have rolled to a stop or whatever, but, um, you know, that's, it's it's a discretion call. I understand both sides of it. If, if the 32 came no stop and immediately dropped his window net, I think you race that back. Um, you know, if somebody stops and it looks like, you know, it was a pretty good hit and, and you know, they need assistance, you think, then you need to stop the race. You need right. to throw the yellow and get safety equipment out there, but it, it's a... It's every scenario and every wreck is different how it looks. And I didn't see when I saw everybody rolling from it, like it looks like. Did you see the replay of it? Anybody? We did saw he, a lot, did he yeah. just drive down to the bottom or was it like destroyed? Not really sure. I think they went to the care center, so I assume it was. Yeah. Well, do you go to the care center? You no have to, what. anyways. Yeah. yeah. That don't matter. Yeah. Like you go to the care center. If, they didn't really cover it too well. I think we have it. Like, yeah. We it can basically, pull if it you up. blow up on the racetrack and pull yeah. over and stop and get out of the car, you're going to the care yeah. center. You know, TJ's point, we had taken the white. We know the race is official. We know that wherever the race is deemed the end, it can happen at any moment, right? So so we see that wreck, and I say behind me because at this point we had gotten shuffled back to about fourth or fifth because so many guys ran out of gas in that bottom lane, we didn't get a chance to get hooked up and get all all our momentum. So I'm telling Clint, spin behind you. And I'm telling him that because in his mind, he knows they may throw the yellow at any second. I have to be as more aggressive than even normal to try and get spots here because we don't know. Are we coming back to the checker or will they find a time to throw this? Here's my question. The guy who hit the wall the hardest asked him if they should have thrown the yellow. I can't decide. I'm a spotter. I'm on the spotter stand. But ask that guy. And and we're going 185 plus miles an hour. And he hit that wall, what looked to be pretty hard. So if that were my son in that car, I'm probably going to tell you to throw the yellow and go check on my son and make sure he doesn't have a concussion or an injury. You know, but if it's, if I'm Kurt Busch, I want a yellow. If I'm Eric Amarola, I don't want a yellow. So you can't ask a competitor what we want in this scenario because we're selfish. I want what's best for me and my finish, but... Watching that replay, somebody hit the wall pretty freaking hard at 185-plus miles an hour at arguably one of our most dangerous racetracks. So ask the competitors that were in the wreck, did you think you needed a yellow? Do you think somebody needed to come check on you to make sure you were okay? Because here's the thing. It's just like schools, right? You know, we have a flash flood warning from a hurricane last week, and the superintendent calls off school. 
and everybody goes, we shouldn't have called off school. If one school bus gets washed off a bridge, you're an idiot, and you just killed a bunch of kids for no reason. So if we're watching a race and causing a call, calling a caution is going to get somebody safety equipment that needs it, I have to say as a person, as a human being, I'm always going to side with the throw the yellow. Yeah. But in that moment in my life, I'm not a person. I'm a competitor. And I'm trying to get all I can get for me and my team. So I want it if it's going to benefit me. And if it's not, and I'm going to benefit the other way, then I don't. But somebody has to be able to decide. I mean, here's the thing. NASCAR is going to tell you. I saw they released a statement. We will protocol you. At the end of the day, 190 mile an hour, guy at a wall. You and tell it me. could have not been a bad wreck and you could still get hurt. Like it doesn't, I mean, there's no. That, judging by that, judging by what I just saw with the wreck, I, I mean, I probably would have thrown the yellow. Um, I feel like there should have been one, but, you know, it's up to them to decide. And, and uh, thankfully everybody was okay and That's yeah. the key. went home. That's the key, though. I, I mean, think Kurt had a really good point, too, where he's like, I've been on both sides of, the, of it, too, where, like, I mean, you, it's I, not consistent. I'm they not throw sure. it sometimes. They don't throw it. I know it. they scan a lot of radios and stuff, and they yeah. have us all in that tower. They might have heard right when it come down that, you know, maybe he was talking or something. Said and he they, was okay. Well, maybe he's just talking. I mean, if there's a guy sitting there like, that guy wrecked me, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if he's doing that. If this is Martinsville, it's a different discussion. It's it's they're running eighty miles an hour and they go up there and they don't hit that wall as hard. Or maybe they do. You know, no, like Martin, you're pretty hard I mean, at Martin's. Maybe, maybe they do. <laughs> but but we know this guy's running hundred and eighty five plus when he hit. There's no doubt in our minds how fast he was going, right? And yeah, we yeah, know that he moving. hit hard. Yeah. So I, I don't know, I can't make that call. But as a person and as if it were my son in that car I if I was uh Matt's wife, I gosh, I would have Definitely I want, want a yellow, and I want an ambulance dispatched to my well, guy. I mean, his wife, though, and you're sitting on the pit box, and you see him get wrecked, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And he's on the radio going, that uh, that guy just wrecked me. I mean, you pretty much know he's still be concussed. He yeah, could be I mean, concussed but, to do that. But, I mean, you, you know he, there's not like, you know, it's 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 not like he's knocked out, needs him. Yeah, you know what I mean? We've had wrecks. No, you you've had wrecks where the driver's radio becomes unplugged, and they can't yeah. answer, and then you think yeah, the worst, that, and then you see it out. At Algar, that one time. Yeah. So that's my point. Like, you can't always – I don't know, man. There's a lot of scenarios. It's, I mean, everybody has a different side. There's a lot of factors to it. Say they if they throw the yellow, the race ends, everybody's okay, then they're wrong for that, too. You know what right. I mean? So, but it's just like the school bus floating down a bridge. Yeah. I want to keep I mean, my school bus on the road. Yeah. I can see where it can bite you. I hope they never get into a situation. I hope it – you know, in – you know, it's tough. To, it's a tough call to make, man. You what want, does IndyCar do right there? Oh, man. They throw the freaking yellow and an ambulance oh, yeah. is there in four seconds. I don't know, man. IndyCar. Blows your mind. Yeah, but they always, they have problems with the pace car, too, reckon. <laughs> 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 well, that guy's, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> All right. All Marola wins second career cup race and advances to the round of eight. Let me tell you something about Eric Amarola. I don't know if anybody's saying this. TJ, at the beginning of the year, was, was borderline anti-Eric Amarola getting this opportunity. Eric Amarola, this could have been his fourth win of the year. He's leading the Daytona 500 with a mile left in the race, and Austin Dillon runs him over. He's leading New Hampshire. Clint has a mechanical failure. We cost him the race. He's leading the race at Dover. We have another mechanical failure. We cost him the race. Yesterday, Kurt Busch ran out of fuel. He was fortunate enough to be one that's running second. He won the race. This guy could easily 
have four wins. He could have back-to-back wins and be sitting in really good shape going into this next round. So I'm glad for those guys. I'm glad for his partners. Without Smithfield, he doesn't get the opportunity at Stuart Haas. And without that opportunity, he can't showcase, hey, you know what? I actually am a good race car driver because a lot of people wondered it. I didn't think he would be as good as he is this year. I thought he would contend to win a race or two. I certainly didn't see him doing this. Spot on for him. I think he's gotten better the second half of the year. I definitely think, uh, you know, the, the plate race in the beginning, like Daytona, that's just kind of, there's the big wrecks. You got to be at the right plate race and you kind of throw it out the window a little bit. It's, you never know the July race of Daytona. I mean, it's just hit or miss at them. But he's definitely, you know, the last last two, three months, last couple months, he's be- definitely put together some solid runs. But, uh, you know, still needs to finish. Still needs to finish the deal off, you know. Two wins in his career, both plate tracks. But he's continued to win at non-plate tracks this he's year. Definitely, wins. He's more competitive now than he ever, and he should be. Yeah. I mean, he's in really, really, really good cars. Yeah. So I don't know the last time that an organization as large as ours that all the teams had won. You know, I mean, like all four of our cars have won races, and that's impressive. That's hard. It's hard to do. I think his sponsor must be the happiest sponsor in the world because that bacon for life deal yeah, is like got bacon for life embedded in my head. Thanks what to is it? Eric. I, he said it a million times that yeah. somebody gets bacon for life because he won the race. Yeah. Right. Dang. And NBC said it. He said it like, I mean, I he know. is the best sponsor. So wait a like, minute. So when he wins, somebody gets bacon for life. What? Apparently in this one race deal. Yeah, it was like this one oh. deal. It was on his car. <laughs> that's killer. That is. That's like the Bloomin' Onion deal. It, like that. I no. love when sponsors do stuff yeah. like that. When you top five, top ten, hey, free free Bloomin' Onion. Come Props get to it. his PR rep, though, because he said it so oh many times. It was impressive, I think. It was like a commercial. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome that somebody's getting cool. bacon for life. What if it they was... get to pick what kind they want? Do you, so. were you... Do you remember the year that they uh, Smithfield wanted to have the track smell like bacon, so they made bacon like all throughout the garage? It was amazing. I love I bacon. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I wish I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Uh, okay, Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals to split after 2018. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, spot on. It just probably needed to happen. I think they're at a point where they need to do that. It's cool because they're – both staying within the company, they got different people to work with. And maybe it might put some life back into both of them, honestly. Uh, you know, Chad gets to go and work with William Byron, young kid, up and coming. Um, you know, and and Jimmy's going to get Kevin from here. So, uh, and I know Kevin well. Kevin was our was an engineer on the 88 car. Um, so I know Kevin pretty well. And he's worked his way up and obviously works with Elliot now. And he, he calls good races. So I think it's going to be – I think it's good for them guys. I'm going to say spot off. And I'm spot offing it because it's almost a year, maybe two years too late. You know, I heard at the end of last year that this may be happening and that Kevin here was a lead candidate to go take Chad's place. And it made sense then. You know, and it doesn't make more sense now, even though it's happening. It still makes just the same amount of sense, which means it probably should have happened a year ago. But for whatever reason, they tried it. I, I sent my buddy a question last night. His name's Owen. He lives in Emporia, right across from Elliot. He and Elliot have been best friends their whole life. And his dad, Ralph Miller, is a NASCAR historian. This guy has forgotten more than most people will ever know, including me. And I was like, hey, I got a question. How many drivers have won multiple championships with more than one crew chief. And he's like, 
let me ask my dad. And he sends back off the top of his head, <laughs> Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, Daryl Waltrip, Pearson, Weatherly, Ned Jarrett. And, and Weatherly did it with nine different crew chiefs that he drove for nine different owners that year. And the year was 1963. This is what the guy immediately sends me back because Ralph Miller is a freaking NASCAR genius, right? Obviously. And, and he's living <laughs> off a of dry bread road in Emporia, Virginia. He would take, Elliot would tell me stories about when he was little. Ralph would sit there with a yellow legal pad in front of the TV and take notes during the whole race. Every single cup race that was run, this guy took notes during the race and analyzed it. And he's got all those notebooks in a closet. Like how That's awesome crazy. is that? So my point is, this gives Jimmy an opportunity to say, I can win a championship without Chad Knauss. And if he makes that statement, look at the company he joins. A lot of great race car drivers, which we all know Jimmy's Does one this of the greatest. Byron? On the flip side, you got Chad Knauss, who has a chance to win with two different drivers. So it, it'll be, it'll be, I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I'm going to give you my analysis before it even starts. Kevin Meandering is Dale Jr.'s lead engineer. Guess when Dale Jr. ran the best at Hendrick Motorsports? It's when Kevin was his lead engineer. Before Kevin was, not so great. While he was, great. He left to come over here. Dale Jr., not so great again. Kevin came over here to Junior Motorsports, rejuvenated Elliott's career. Elliott went out, won races. Obviously, we contend for championships every year. Now he's going back home. And not only does a guy like that go make the 48 better, He's going to make the whole Hendrick organization better. I think he's the smartest guy at Junior Motorsports. And when you have a guy that smart, it makes everybody in the whole company better. It makes everybody perform better. So now they're getting him back. And I've been singing this guy's praises for two or three years. Not to his face, He's of a course. great guy. He, not to I his mean, face. Hmm. But I'm telling you right now, huge hire for Jimmy So you Johnson. think he's smarter than Dale Jr.? Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, – you know, I text Kevin and I uh, – you know, I was like, hey, man, congrats, but I still think uh, T-Mac was a better choice. He didn't write me back. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He texts me back, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, like, you can come on the radio, and you can have a full-blown meltdown. And here's what Kevin's going to say back to you. 10-4. If he says like, anything. Man, get mad. I'm mad. I need somebody to be mad with me. All the years all the years that I worked with him, I'm not sure I've ever heard him talk on the radio. 10-4. Yeah. Like, this car's the biggest piece of beep, 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 beep. Ten four. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin. Holler. Do something. Yeah, he doesn't talk much at all. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But you need, like, that's cool, though. Yeah. It, I feel like for Jimmy, that, that could be a Well, really Jimmy's good had thing. opposite. He sat somebody up his ass for yeah, 15 years. Yeah, that's what years. I was saying. Like, like he could really, this could be a good change for him. And here's the cool thing about Kevin, too. He listens to the driver. I see so many of these crew chiefs get caught up in these computers and in the sim and in their engineers. Like your best feedback is your driver's butt. And you have to listen to what he feels in that seat. Kevin is amazing at that. Big, this is a big hire. I'm telling you, watch. Let's take a break. This is your Exalta race center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. Talladega, Alabama was the epicenter of NASCAR this weekend. On Saturday, the Truck Series was back on track, and it was an outlaw, former full-time series competitor Timothy Peters, who came in and stole the show, racing in just his fourth truck event of the season. A last lap wreck between he and race leader Noah Gragson decided the race, with the field frozen when the yellow flag came out. Gragson, Matt Crafton, Grant Enfinger, Justin Haley, Brett Moffitt, and Johnny Sauter will all advance to the playoffs round of six which starts in two weeks at Martinsville Speedway. On Sunday, the Cup race saw a big win with 
playoff implications. Eric Amarola broke a 149 race winless drought by taking the checkered flag when teammate Kurt Busch ran out of fuel on the last lap. While the trucks get a weekend off, the Xfinity Series playoff round of eight kicks off at Kansas Speedway on Saturday. On Sunday, the Cuppers go 400 miles in Kansas with an elimination race to close out their round of 12. The Junior Motorsports Late Model Program is back in action this week as a part of the Pass Series and Richmond Raceway's inaugural Commonwealth Classic event on Saturday afternoon. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit ExaltaCS.com. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. And we are back. Let's head in the fast lane. I'll give these guys... 30 seconds to respond to these questions. Ready and first one. Talladega marked the halfway point in the playoffs. What has surprised you most through the first five races? TJ. You know, I think just the the unknown that has happened. We've got Eric Almirola locked in. And now, you know, we got Brad and and. and and Blaney trying to trying to get their way in. So I think that's um, which, you know, obviously that was brought about by Talladega, uh, mostly. So I think there's uh, and honestly to me, Truex being on the cutoff right now. So if he goes there and has a loose wheel, like you said, flat tire or something, it could be uh, it could be season costly. Two two surprises for me. Number one, a seven time champion, Jimmy Johnson doesn't make it past the first round he was going to but he didn't <laughs> call it what you want i'll call it facts second thing eric amarola huge surprise this guy's locked into the round of eight uh big big opportunity for him yeah that's you know this is what talladega does it brings someone not always but it, it opens the opportunity up and it opened up for eric you know we're going to turn three and i'm like all right well kurt's gonna win this you know kurt's got this one and we get out of turn four, and Eric's leading to the line. So, uh, you know, he's been in, you know, the other position a lot of times. So, you know, uh, good for him, and, and uh, we'll see what happens after Kansas. Everything had happened so slow for me all day. Those last two laps were so fast. I didn't even know who was leading because I got so caught up in the fact that I was losing ground and trying to find a hole, a plug to get a push oh, yeah. to we were, get back we were, going. We were like, like two, three wide into three, so I couldn't, really, I couldn't really look up in the front. So we then, were we, three then wide. when we finally get that runoff four and we get that momentum back, I'm like, all right, we got a chance to do something here. Then I start looking around. I'm like, damn, the 10's leading. One of us is going to win. And so you literally, you can't even keep up with what's going on because, again, I mean, but I wasn't in the rhythm of plate spotting either because I'd been sitting there for 186 laps just going, <laughs> that does, that does, think? that does kind of. It screws you up. It does as a spotter. If you're in the pack all day, you know where the runs are coming. You you have a feel for side drafting. You have a feel for all this stuff. And when you just ride around out front all day, it and then, then it's like at the end, like, here you go. It, it can, it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. Casey Kane announced last week that he won't be medically cleared to return to the track this season, bringing an end to his career. 
what is your favorite moment for from his career? You know, and I'll say this about Casey, not many guys in this sport are ever considered to be the best, one of the best. And Casey was one of the best for a long time. Probably won, what, 18 races? Yeah. See how many races he won, Jason? Probably a lot. Um, won all-star races. You know, was a phenomenal driver. And, and I'll say 15. I, I'll say overall his rookie year is what impressed me the most because he had five second-place finishes that year. And I remember it being at hard places like Rockingham where he was chasing Matt Kenseth. Texas, he finished second Elliott. Like, there were a lot of places he could have won. He could have won five times. So that, that probably just my favorite memory is just his whole rookie year. 18 wins. God, I'm good. He looked it up. I did not look it up. Um, yeah, I think I think my favorite uh, Casey Kane moment is, I mean, he's won some big races, you know, and to be there at times, I think he won uh, – did he win the all-star race? Yeah, yeah, he won it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the biggest one that I remember. Twice. That's the biggest one that I remember him winning. I think um, he won the Dodge car and the Bud car. Yeah. So, but there, there's been a lot. I mean, Casey was a... He won it after winning the fan vote. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. He's been an icon in the sport. I didn't look that up either. 2004, five-ish and stuff. This guy was super popular, man. Like, yeah. uh, he was the, new kids on the block. I think, he honestly, was off the charts, man. Coming, so. like... Growing up and watching NASCAR, he was the guy that I remember really bringing those that younger crowd. Did you have a crush he, on him? I might have had a crush ah, on him I once or it. twice. I Casey knew it. Who Casey didn't, though? Like, who didn't? You were a Kaniac. <laughs> oh, what? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> they would have the same name. She married him Casey Kane. Yes, exactly. Casey I, Casey I just Haynes. think that, like... Casey coming or Casey coming? <laughs> Which Casey's going? Well, That's a hell of a question. I mean, obviously, everybody had a crush on Casey. I will say that. <laughs> Not everybody. <laughs> All the girls did. Yeah. Um, anyways, some, so I think that... Some guys probably did. Uh, probably. <laughs> He's cute. He is cute. <laughs> Super cute. Um, I, I just think that I remember from a demographic standpoint, NASCAR really leaned on him a lot because he did bring that young crowd. And he's the one person I remember. All these guys were young at the time, but like even now still. What are you saying? They're old? Well, no, yeah, but like as you get older. Casey Kane is one of the nicest guys in the garage. Oh, yeah, he is. without a doubt. And my selfish, my selfishly, my favorite moment is he and I flew from Texas to Rockingham after a cup race. And we ran a truck race on a Sunday afternoon, and we won the race. And the whole way to Rockingham, he was like, you know, if we win this race, you're going to have to come spot for me a cup. And at the time, I spot for Jeff Burton. So we go through this race. We win the race. You know, we had to start last because he wasn't there to qualify the truck and whatever else. So we win the race. And the first thing he says when I get to victory lane is, how much is it going to take for you to come over here and spot for me? <laughs> Hug the guy, took a picture. And uh, having gone to Rockingham my whole life, huge accomplishment to, to say I won there. And cool to win with him because we've been friends a long time. We were teammates at Everham, you know, when Elliot drove there for four years. So that's when I got to know him and started hanging out. And just, he's just overall a fun Yeah, he's a good dude. dude. I like Casey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to miss him. You know, I hate he's going out this way because I know it's hurt his pride. I yeah. know that he's probably stared off into space wondering, why did I go down like this? You know, it's, but you know what, man? Sometimes the story's just written the I way don't believe written. Casey's done racing, though. I think he yeah, obviously he's done in the cup car, but Casey's yeah. still going to do stuff that he loves, which is sprint car stuff. I think he's still going to do some of that. And I, one thing that I've always respected about Casey is he's one of the first ones to come along. Get in a cup car and still go do some of the other stuff for too. Sure, so for sure. I've always respected that. And he, like you said, he's he's a super nice guy. And you see him at the dirt track, and he'll stop for yeah. fans 
at all times. I mean, nothing will stop them. I've been, Brett probably has too. I've been fortunate enough. We've been on a few vacations together as a group. Um, You know, I've been to a couple of them. One of them stands out of Sturgis. He's just fun to hang out with. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's also the guy, I'm going to sell him out a minute. He's also the guy that when you go somewhere like that, he has so much fun the first night (laughs) that the next day he packs up his leaves yeah i don't blame him he literally goes i can't do this for five days y'all are crazy i'm leaving Mm -hmm. and i've seen him in vegas leave las vegas be out there with a bunch of buddies we're all out having fun used to be a nightclub out there called pure and elliot was a regular before he got married of course so we went to pure we're there all week we go to pure the first night next morning casey kane's airplane is in las vegas he buys a commercial ticket home Leaves his plane out there for his buddies to fly to Phoenix. And then Casey flies commercial back to Phoenix for the race. He's like, I ain't doing this all week. He just up and leave. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. All right. Brad Keselowski, Ryan Blaney, and Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman are below the cutoff line heading into the elimination race at Kansas. Who has the best chance to make up ground in advance? Um, you've got Brad's behind by 18, Ryan's by 22, Kyle's by 42, and Alex by 68 points. Look at the irony in Kyle by 42. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, to me, to me, the two that stand out here are Brad and, and, and Larson. They, Brad, he just knows how to be fast, and he doesn't need the wall to be fast. Brad knows how to, you know, it's, I don't know how he does it sometimes. He flips a switch, and he's unbeatable sometimes. Um, you know, and, and Kyle... He's going to be very competitive, but the, if there's a you know if there's a late green white check or something and it's on sticker tires, it might be tough for him. He's going to be really good in the long run this coming weekend, especially if the high groove comes in. He's going to be really good. I think historically TJ's wrong. Kyle Larson wins more shootouts than he does long run races, but I do agree. Brad and Kyle of the guys that are out are the two most dangerous. I can tell you that nobody that's in the top eight right now, including if we call Joey Logano. If we said, of these four, which guy do you want not to advance? It's going to be Kyle Larson because he is so good at running the high line, which is mandatory at Homestead to almost be a contender. I think we all as competitors want to see him out, but I think of these four guys, he's the most dangerous this weekend. Yeah, it's just Kyle's really good at restarts. He's really good at going where other people aren't. Um, but if you restart on the front row with a with a, with a a Kyle Bush or a Brad or something, it's going to be hard to beat that guy in the bottom. That guy's going to be really good, especially if we're on thicker tires, you know. Um, but we got to see where the we got to see where the lines form at Kansas. If the high lane doesn't come in, uh, the forty snowed there last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Jesus. Stop. Yeah. If the high lane don't come in, Kyle Larson's going to have a tough time. I got home last night, and I got in the bed. I couldn't sleep, and I pulled up my weather app because we look at the weather pretty yeah. pretty religiously right you look at and it and it said 33 and snowing <laughs> and i was like this this something's wrong my app i'm going to phoenix tomorrow kansas on <laughs> yeah. thursday and then illinois on saturday uh, How, what the heck close, am i supposed to pack close my app down start it back snow showers and i'm like are you kidding me? so this weekend it's going to be 60 and 40 oh hmm. have fun so i need to bring some warm weather yeah bring, I'm, I'm telling you now that's why I look. It's we got to mentally prepare. It's well, so windy at this Kansas. track. Good news about Kansas Duh, is. That's why they filmed the Wizard I know, of Oz. <laughs> There's some good stores. Did you blow her little ass all the way across the Midwest? <laughs> Kansas has some good stores if you forget your stuff, though. 
so yeah. it's oh, right yeah. there. Oh yeah, I like that track. There is a there's some really nice restaurants. I'll a mall take, next door. Oh yeah, I'll take sixty in Chile over freaking one hundred and sixteen at Chicago any day. Mm. Yeah, that Chicago mm. race was bad. That was hot. Yeah, really hot. Chicago, not that. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Better be careful. No, I don't. Yeah, they're tight. What? These two. Like, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Who are you talking about? I saw the picture. Oh. Not the guy. Oh, 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 I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Casey. <laughs> we had eye candy roll through the lobby. That was the worst. We're not. You <laughs> are. Off the wall topic. Six Flags in New England is offering cash and a free park pass for those willing to spend 30 hours in a coffin while being scared randomly by f- park freaks. Would you be able to complete this challenge? Brett? There's no incentive. Cash and a free park pass. Well, it depends how much cash. Yeah. yeah, what's the cash? Are we talking like 50 bucks or? I mean, I could use the money right now. For college kids, that cash will be. How much cash? It is, they didn't mention Dense. it. See, that's, that's a huge It's deal. also like $80 here's to go to that park. So here's an like idea. Them. Get a job. And you won't need True. the cash. No, I'm not going to. St- no, 30 hours in a coffin. No, absolutely not. Is there food in the TV? You get six minutes. You have to eat in the coffin. They get like six minute break every hour. Is the coffin shut? Yeah. Well, how are you going to get scared if the coffin's shut? They're going to like come <laughs> up and like. Uh, I don't. Chase, I probably you lost your mind. <laughs> I'd probably do it, man. That's really? probably the best sleep I'll get for a 30 yeah. for a 24 hour period. If I can't lay on my side, I'm definitely not doing it because I can't sleep on my back. Well, how yeah. are you supposed to do that? Roll the coffin over on the side. Do you just lay there? <laughs> yeah. I need like a double wide coffin so I can spread out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have this... to have a pillow between my legs because if my knees touch, I get nauseated. Oh, my God. We are learning way too much about you right now. <laughs> I sleep on my side or the pillow between my knees. <sighs> my knees Oh, touch. well, I guess that's a no for both <laughs> of you guys. No, TJ said yes. Oh, I mean, it depends. Yes. He ain't doing that for I, 30 hours. Man, it depends on the cash and if I can sleep. If I can sleep, I'm How doing it. How much cash would it take for you to do it? Ten grand. Oh, I'm doing it for ten grand. I'll do yeah. it too for ten grand. I <laughs> need that money right now. I tell you what, we should start a GoFundMe right now. Neither one of you would make it thirty hours in a coffin for. 10 I'm not grand. saying I would make it, but I would attempt it. Well, that can I bring a sleeping pill? Is that okay? Oh yeah, let's just take a bunch of Ambien and do it. <laughs> should be fair. Oh, I, would you attempt it for ten grand? I need money. Yeah, I've never seen ten grand before. That'd be nice. <laughs> We're gonna start really? to go. How old are you? Twenty. Yeah. Oh, ten grand. In college, ten grand college tuition. Yeah, I see that. You've never seen ten grand cash, or you never seen ten grand check. Never, never seen ten grand in my account. Anything in your account? Yeah, huh? It'd be nice. So it's been a while. TJ, I'll show you his account. <laughs> He'll show you what ten grand looks like. Scarewinds, can we do this for Jason? I mean, can we lock him in a coffin? We can just do it here. I'll give we? you a thousand bucks if you stay in a coffin thirty hours. Just a I thousand? Th- you need more than yeah. that. I'm not giving him ten grand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. Ch- I'll chip in some. It's $10. Now we're chipping a little bit. I mean, we could probably do a GoFundMe for this. And if you really stay in a coffin for 30, are you going to tell that mean professor you have? You got to wear a diaper. No, you get breaks every hour. This is our rule. This ain't your rule. This ain't six minute break. You're like four minute break every two hours. (laughs) Four minutes. (laughs) All right. Ask DBC. First question. Gail Delaney. PEI asks, do spotters have the role of telling the driver when to change lanes or pull out of line? Or is it the driver's decision? You think she's from that Prince Edward Island? That's Ooh. what she's Is that what you came from? Was that, is that really? That's, that's, that's the best I don't muscle. Know. Maybe. So that's, that's a muscle. good, um, good. 
you know, question and good name. PEI muscles. Here's the reality. The driver holds the wheel. We do tell them to change lanes. Sometimes they listen. Sometimes they don't. Uh, Yeah. I mean, the better spotters, you have to tell your driver where to be at plate track. Sometimes you know where the runs are coming from. You know where the cars are going faster than your mirror and where they're going to be at. You tell your driver where that's going to be at and where, him, where for him to position the car. There are spotters that don't do that, and they're just not comfortable doing that because if you tell the guy and, you know, it doesn't work out, then you look bad. You know what I mean? But, you know, if you see it coming, you know it's going to happen, you tell your driver to be there because you want that push. You want that momentum. You want all the help you can get. <laughs> I told Maya this weekend, we were running on the bottom and the top lane started forming, and I said, Maya, if I tell you to pull up in a minute, I'm going to need you to pull up. I'm going to count you down, and then I'm going to tell you. Three, two, one, stay down. He pulled up. I went, oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. So, uh, so, so we go from third to like thirteenth, and he recovers. And obviously, we come back to finish second. But uh, there were a lot of times during that race where I probably gave him bad advice, and it uh, it it didn't work out. And I gave him good advice, and it did. So we we drove literally from the back, started shotgun to the lead at one point. And uh, but but you as a spotter, you have to decide: do I want to be a plate spotter, or do I want to be a spotter? Big big difference, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you gotta. That's what. Honestly, that's uh, there's six races a year that the spotters make a huge difference. Not that you don't every week, but there's six races a year where they you're heavily relied upon to give inside outside clear at that track. Like with two to go, TJ's point. We were coming back to the real checker yesterday. I said clear high, get up there. I didn't say clear high if you want it. Clear (laughs) clear high, get up there. Don't get back to the very bottom unless the line forms. Like you're you're you have to have the knowledge to see what's happening. To tell before them what to it, do. Before it happens. Before You need happens. to see it before it happens. And then the confidence to actually say it. And then, you know, the cool part of that about that is if you're working with the right person, you'll see the driver make the move that you tell him to make. Yeah. Um, you know, coming to the coming to the checker, I'm telling, I'm screaming at Joey, get up, you know, all the way to the wall, all the way to the wall, because the 20 is coming with this massive run. He's running the wall all the way through three and four, all the way down through the dog leg, and he is flying. And there was only one place to go. We, he, he was pinned up there. We pulled up in front of him and got, I believe we might have got a position or two out of it. But, um, you know, I did not. If he would have got out there, like three of them would have blown by us. So, um, and at this point, you want every point that you can get. Because now we have a, you know, that three or four points right there might make a big difference. You know, we got a pretty good buffer, but you want to add as much to that as you can. You, you got to have a fast car makes us all look good. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. But your mindset has to be different at those plate tracks than it is everywhere else. Nike asks, do you, do y'all think SHR is faster with Ford support than they were with Hendrick and Chevy support? That's a good question. Go for it, Brett or TJ. Uh, this is, I think this is, um, I don't know. It's tough. I think as a whole, this is the fastest that I've ever seen them as a whole company. I got to agree with that. Um, before, whenever Kevin was real good, it was kind of just him. He was noticeably different than the rest I of agree them. With that too. Um, he's still, I think, the best Stuart Haas car, but it's not by I agree much. With that too. This guy's no. good wow. He's about, he's still the best car, but instead of being two steps ahead, he's one step ahead of the rest of them. So, and it only takes one 
one tiny mistake, and those other guys are pouncing. I feel like when Tony won his championship, Newman was nowhere to be found. And I feel like when Kevin won his championship, Tony was nowhere to be found. Yeah, it was And I feel like now you're looking at the organization as a whole, and you say they're all four winning races. They're all four in the in the final 12. All four have the opportunity to get to the final eight. So you really have to say with Ford support, they are better. And it's, and it's only a year and a half into it. I think last year had you asked us this question, we would have said not yet. Not, they're not even close. And now it's like, wow, huge difference. Yeah. I mean, I think the four is still the most consistent. Um, and he still shows the most speed and, and able to, you know, and the ability to dominate something. But that as a whole, though, they've all caught up. Oh, look at this next one. This oh, is funny. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> Tom Berlin, 58. Brett, how do you feel about having the most punchable <laughs> face in NASCAR, according to Timmy Hill? Timmy Hill, <laughs> my man. So this is funny. So I see somebody tweet me last week, and it was Jeff Gluck's 12 questions that he does with the drivers, which I always find entertaining. And I read them more times than not. The only time I don't read them is if he does somebody that I have zero interest in. <laughs> so Timmy Hill has named me as the most punchable face in NASCAR. That literally made my day. I busted out <laughs> laughing. I, I think I retweeted it, or I definitely replied to it. And he said I have an infatuation with him. So I guess maybe soon I'm going to have to have a come-out-of-the-closet party with Timmy Hill. Huh. You better hope he don't hit this, you. This isn't over. You heard it first on BBC, guys. All I'm going to tell y'all is this isn't over. I love the guy now, though. How great was that? That was awesome. Punchable face. Nice. Yeah, wow. that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, I like just I, the that's fact a great that I'm on his, the fact that I'm on his radar. Like I was like, <laughs> he and I deal. had a little Twitter war a couple years ago, and he fired back at me, and I fired back at him. I got a phone. Of too. Of course you did. You know, I got a phone. He got a phone. We got phones. You know, keep it up, Timmy. I like you. <laughs> me too. I love the guy. Wait till you see what I got. Oh no, it ain't over. <laughs> Anything you guys want to see? I gave about. Timmy Hill a shout out on ways too. On what? On the ways. Like that oh, way he's yeah, at. Yeah. You can do a shout out on Waze. No, he recorded his voice yeah. for it. Timmy Hill got a shout out on the oh, Waze. So he got a shout out on Twitter. He got a shout out on the Waze. We've given him a few shout outs. We both have on this show. Well, you're shouting him out again. Timmy Hill. He gave you a shout out. Holla. <laughs> How big is this guy? <laughs> I know he's quite a bit taller than you. He's oh, pretty tall. Taller. His reach will be better. Ass. If you see a guy with a big ass and big round fingers, you don't want to fight them. I have not noticed that. So. That's the ones that will tear you up like a pit bull. <laughs> Keep that in mind for Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Anything you guys want to rant about? I'm going to tell you all something. I feel for anybody that's ever had a migraine as of this mm -hmm. week. I have never had anything like what I've had. I had six migraines in five days. They started last Tuesday, and it went. It would come every night about eight o'clock. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even Saturday night. Saturday, I actually had two. I had one at five, one at ten. I ate Imatrex like Tic Tacs all week, and last night was my first night migraine free all week. And I'm telling y'all right now, why you get migraines? I don't know. Stress, I guess, man. I got a lot going on, but I have never really had sympathy. My nobody in my family had migraines growing up. I get them. They suck. Oh my God! I've had two migraines, and the first one I had, I really was, I really was trying, getting ready to smack, like beat yep. my head against the wall. Yep. It hurt so bad. Yeah, I was ready to go to the hospital. It hurt. Yeah, like couldn't take it. Mine hurt so bad Wednesday night, I couldn't go to the hospital. Yeah, we I went to the hospital get a shot. I'm like, yeah. I ain't leaving here. Well, because your like your vision's all blurry. It's oh. it's like your head hurts so bad. I started right here in the corner of my eye. 
Then it went behind my eye, into my ear, down my jawline, on my scalp. You sure Timmy didn't hit you? And so yeah. I went to the doctor. <laughs> oh, man, I'd let anybody hit me if they'd have made it better. I'd let Mike Tyson hit me. And I literally went to the doctor and I was like, y'all got to do something. He's like, well, there's some imitrix when it happens or whatever that is called. And I'm like, I want something to make it not happen. I don't care about after it happens. But that stuff, man, it, it does work after about 30 minutes to an hour. Thank God. I hope nobody else ever has another migraine in America. Some of you people, uh, the terrorist people, I hope y'all keep having them. <laughs> what? The terrorists. I'm not pulling for terrorists to not be in pain. Who are you picking? Where are we going? Kansas? Yeah. yeah. What's the score? 17-13. TJ's got to win out, I think. TJ's got to win out to win it, which he could do. I've seen him go yeah. on a high streak. I'm going to go ahead and take Larson. Well, you don't pick for yeah, It doesn't pick him matter. Anyway. You can't pick him. Yeah, that's, that's my a, pick. That's a strong pick. I'll take Kyle Busch. All right. Bam. Who are you going to pick next week first? Where we go? Martinsville? Martinsville. Mm-hmm. Clint Boyer. Hmm. Clint's my boyer. People tweet that to me all the time. Clint is my boyer. Instead, I guess like Clint's my boyer. That should be boy. his hashtag instead of go boyer or go Clint go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that better. Instead of, instead of like Clint is my boy, they say Clint is my boyer. I think the sloppy yellow guy started it. The who? There's, they need some better ones. <laughs> the Billy Bradley and uh, damn restricted. Dabo or Datto. Oh, yeah. Not I that. love them guys. They're funny. Clint should be the, that boyer boy. Yeah, that boyer boy. <laughs> well, on that note. I was reading yeah. some reviews oh. on iTunes. I feel like people need to give us some new reviews. They're pretty yeah. old. They're like from oh, a couple yeah. years Can ago. Can people leave feedback? Good feedback? Yeah. Only good. I hope good. Yeah. Leave feedback on iTunes. Yeah. Timmy, if you're listening, go ahead and leave I one about I think y'all should pick <laughs> a random feedback person and give them something. Signed Elliot hat. I can get that. All right. Yeah, yeah. we can do that. Leave a review. Leave a review. Yeah. Screenshot your updated iTunes review. Send it to Jason. We'll pick a random winner next week based on what you say in your review. Yes. <laughs> Holla. Remember, and I, then, get to, I get to pick them, so. And then, yeah, you bring the top three. Don't bring me 100. All right. My ADD will kick in. And then I we'll send you an autographed Elliot Sadler hat courtesy of Shane at Junior Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I think yeah. I have one, too, if you need it. Did y'all notice I combed oh, my hair yeah, today? Probably. Maybe we should do two winners. You combed your hair? We could probably yeah. do a few. Notice that? It looks great. I did comb my hair today. <laughs> Why are you wearing good. a coat? It's like a Lego. Why are you wearing a jacket? Because it's cold out this morning. Yeah, it's snowing. Kansas. <laughs> it's I hope it be doesn't snowing. snow. It's not going to snow. It's going to be like 100 degrees in Phoenix and then like 30 in Kansas. I love Kansas. 30 in Illinois. That's what such a great a, area around that track. Was it Chicago that it was 100? Yeah. Yeah, was that, was, that was ridiculous. I like yeah. the Midwest in general. Those people yeah. know how to have fun. Great barbecue. They get it. You're crazy. Our barbecue is way better than their barbecue. What are you talking about? North Carolina barbecue smokes their barbecue. I hope Clint listens to this because I don't think he'd agree. too wet. Too what? <laughs> I just rather really go to Texas and eat, eat barbecue, whatever That's in like two weeks, Wait a couple right? weeks. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, All right. you well, have a great week, thanks guys. Thanks for coming, TJ. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, hey, Exalto, uh, One Main. Thanks for having me, and I'm <laughs> sorry for whatever Jason cuts out of this. Apparently, there were some great comments last week. Yeah, about Freddie's suitcase. About Freddie's suitcase those, and those, some things that might have been in his well, bag. Well, he carries a lot of toys with him. Yep. And those toys are silicone. When or? your suitcases get mixed up, certain people get those toys. And, and then people think weird th- thoughts about you. Yep. This is true. Hopefully, Freddie guys write suitcase this week. And then Freddie told me this story this weekend about Megan and, and those same toys that the you know he said his apartment flooded right well, the guy that came in to fix his apartment flooding they float they float <laughs> the toys freaking float so Crazy. megan megan is so embarrassed i hope she sees a maintenance guy twice uh, a week yeah. after that yep
I'm really wow. sorry, Megan. Here's the toys, Holla. <laughs> See ya. We're out. Have a good one. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.